Welcome to And What Else, the podcast with me, Wendy O'Byrne, also known as The Completion Coach. And today I'm going to be talking about the lens of hyperindependence and what it creates and what it's also taking away, what it allows and what it doesn't allow. Now, hyperindependence is where people will try to do everything on their own, never receiving help, always appearing strong, always having solutions for other people, extreme people-pleasing behavior, never wanting to be a burden on other people, emotions are seen as a burden, and feeling as if they have to do everything themselves, like it's the only way they can do anything, is if they do it themselves, get on with it, dig in, get through. And often these people are very busy, can often be seen as heavily work-focused. What that allows, what that enables is for people to internally stress, internally worry, internally feel deflated, internally attempt to avoid all situations which would make them feel weak and allow them to appear strong, capable, and confident to a degree. So people might look at these people and think that they can achieve extraordinary things. People might look at these people and have an idea about them, but the idea isn't the truth. And actually what being hyper-independent allows them to avoid is the idea of feeling weak. But actually appearing strong makes them feel quite weak. Not being able to share, to connect, to really be honest and truthful with the rest of the world rather than always presenting creates an internal feeling of weakness. So hyper-independent people can appear the strongest people and yet internally they feel like the weakest people. And the reason that they feel weak is partly through exhaustion but also through that part of them that is actively telling them They cannot externally be seen as weak, but lots of things make them feel weak and the perceived strength that they demonstrate to other people, the flawlessness almost of them as these people that can handle any situation you throw at them and they'll handle your situation and they'll get in and help before you can, is allowing them to hide very plainly in front of people at all times and through hiding so plainly in front of people at all times, it makes them feel quite weak because if people got to know the real them, they would perceive that as a weak person. And I see this on repeat in so many ways. And they think if I can get through this, if I can prove this strength, if I can prove that I don't need anybody, if I can prove that I can do it on my own, if I prove that I can be a good friend, if I can prove that I can be helpful, if I can prove that I'm needed, then I feel stronger in myself. But it's feeding back an internal story of weakness that at any point you could be exposed and that makes you feel vulnerable and weak at the same point. These people will always appear quite buoyant like nothing's really affecting them, they can get on with it because they're so busy shoving down any other emotion which isn't buoyancy on the surface that's, you know, oh, that happened, but I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm good, let's go, let's go, let's do the next thing, what can I do to help? You'll never really see them showing sadness. You'll never really see them showing deflatedness. 
And they're so busy trying to present as brave. But you might not see it as brave, but for them, it's bravery that they're trying to exhibit to the rest of the world. Because they do not feel peaceful within themselves. They do not feel confident within themselves as who they are, only in how they've learned to present. And that presentation offers them a a bit of peace. It offers them a feeling of confidence. It offers them a feeling of bravery. But it's done without inner trust. It's done without much joy and often done at the expense of their own happiness. So it's quite important for these people to hold it together, to get through, to just get through this, hold it together, get to the other side. But they don't feel terribly strong. They don't feel terribly bold. They don't feel much freedom because there has to be this tight control on everything. And that tight control on everything makes them feel safe. That tight control on themselves, because that's a tight control to have, to never want to be a burden, to never want to have to be somebody that's sharing a problem, to never want to be seen as weak. That's a lot. And it's the human thinking, it's the mind that's making them feel weak anyway. They feel weak and so they're presenting in this way to not feel weak. And weak's a strong word, I know. But being capable, being strong, being confident, being able to get on with it, never being a problem, never exposing themselves for weakness is their driving motivator. And one of those main motivators comes from the fact that they feel alone. And we know that we're built for connection. We know that we're built for community. It's why there's so much craving for it. And when we get into community, why we can all get a bit we're like, oh, this feels good. But alone and lonely are two different things. So these people, I shared an article the other day, a snippet of a podcast or a piece of writing by Amy Mac, actually. And it was about feeling lonely, despite having all of these notifications popping off, despite having a great friendship group, despite being in a relationship, despite being part of a family unit. And for hyper-independence, I don't think the word lonely is the strongest word. I think the strongest word they use is I feel alone in everything that I do. So if we change the word independent to I'm alone, you can almost understand where they're acting from. Even in relationships, they're making decisions as if they're alone. They are in work scenarios, but they feel alone. They feel as if they have to make this decision. They have to solve it. Everything has to be done alone. And feeling alone leaves you feeling quite vulnerable, exposed and weak. And feeling alone means often there's a huge lack of connection. And that lack of connection comes from this space of I can't connect because if I do, they will leave anyway. I will be too much of a burden. I'll be too emotional. I'll be whatever it is the story creates. But from a young age, these people will have all felt quite alone, despite the fact that they weren't alone. And so this drive this idea of wanting to be strong they all usually crave freedom to some degree as well is because they feel alone and one of the main factors I see running through a lot of my conversations with people is I think I'm strong but the weakest I ever feel is when I'm alone 
but I've felt alone most of my life. And I grip so tightly that it feels like I'm weak and out of control because none of it is mine. It's all fed through the idea of losing and I'll lose it. And so I used to call it the abandonment wound. Like if you really knew who I was, if you really knew all of this, if I really shared, if I really connected to you, it would be a risk because you'll leave and then I'll be alone. So it's easier to be alone in it. And therefore, if you leave, I'll still be the same. I'll still be alone. Does that make sense? And so, so many people that I'm working with that other people would have so many labels for are desperately trying to seek home to a degree because they've never really felt like they just belonged. And that's due to feeling alone rather than anything else. Alone when they're surrounded by people. When they're feeling sad, there's always a smile on their face. So many ways, but it's not loneliness, it's alone. And that I have to handle this alone with the deepest desire for connection and not knowing how to put the two of those together. So they grip so tightly to control and have quite a fear around softening of opening up, of allowing that they've learned so fiercely to guard themselves, to guard their hearts, to guard their feelings, to guard anything that might open them up. And so being busy really serves that. Striving to achieve something that doesn't require an emotional connection, showing what you can do, proving yourself in some way to be a leader, to be strong, to be fearless, to be brave, are all done from this deep-rooted fear of being alone. And when they're achieving those things, again, what, what nobody will really recognize is how alone they might have felt within all of that, despite the fact that they look popular, despite the fact that it looks great, despite the fact that there is connection, there are people, there is love, but that all coexists with aloneness. And this will be a relatively short podcast today because it's when I'm still percolating on how I want to articulate how I want to bring this conversation to life. But there are so many people that feel alone who are not alone. And it's really hard for them to say out loud that I feel alone because the feeling has been also created by them as an adult in the situations they're in now, but is really feeding back to a point where they have grown up in situations, in environments where they have felt very alone and emotionally very alone. And the way they've learned to handle that aloneness with their emotions is driving their behavior now and figuring out how to change that can feel really overwhelming for them allowing themselves to go into that can feel really overwhelming for them and knowing that there are ways through that that it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to stay that way things can change and that it is possible for that to change and for them to keep the parts that are working successfully for them, but to change the ways, the behaviors and the parts that are to their detriment, keeping them so heavily protected and guarded. They're things that can be worked on in a way that brings far more balance 
so that their hyper-independence can allow them to connect, to create interdependence, and to see that as a strength, to see that as a positive, and to see that as something that's not going to make them weak, exposed, or vulnerable. Yeah, I'm going to leave this one here. I'm going to leave this one here. I'm going to think on it a lot more, but I wanted to start that conversation. Despite not having a whole rounded podcast on it, I still wanted to start the conversation because I think it's an important one and I think it's not talked about much. I certainly hadn't really heard people talk about it. And when it started presenting itself to me in all of these ways, I was like, crikey, that's the key. I think we use the word lonely sometimes to articulate that we feel alone and that aloneness is what needs to be looked at. Thank you for listening. Even to ones that are just the ramblings of my mind as I as I decide what we're going to do with this conversation. As always, feel free to DM me at The Completion Coach or send me an email, wendy at thecompletioncoach.co.uk. If there's something you'd love to add to this conversation, please do in full confidence. And yeah, thank you.